commence primary ignition. everywhere welcome to day two of seven days of dengar our week-long series all we're talking about is dengar all week you know it you love it this is jason this is gabe and we've got a couple special guests here with us tonight talking about dengar we've got tom spina and nick maley back again on blast points guys thank you so much for taking part of seven days of dengar and that's that's good thank you for asking us uh asking us along hopefully we're not going to have to talk for seven days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I didn't realize what I've signed up for. I got to go, guys. Have a good one. Tom out. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me as well. I, uh, I, I can think of no other show that could handle the excitement of seven days of Dengar. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was 21 days originally, but, you know, we, we get a scale back. Budget cuts, I understand. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's been tough. It's been tough. So, we have you here for a reason. Aside from the fact that Dengar is our, the best bounty hunter there is, Nick, you have a special connection to Dengar, right? Yeah, I um, I have the uh, dubious honor of being the guy who created Dengar's scarred face. I don't think there's anybody else left who had anything to do with Dengar, so I'm beginning to feel like an endangered species. <laughs> endangered species, if you will. Yes, oh. right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Nick, when you – so that that's an out-of-the-kit makeup, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you got to remember that, you know, the, all these bounty hunters, um, in, yeah, including Boba Fett, I mean, none of us really – we were making the movie, but none of us had any concept of the pertinence of the scene that we were filming. I mean, yeah, it's a room. There's a bunch of bounty hunters. Let's try and make them as different as possible. And props had made um, IG-88. My my friend Bill made IG-88. And, uh, and you know, they're, they're, I guess my boss didn't think that Dengar was especially important. Otherwise, he would have done it himself rather than saying to me, hey, yeah, um, Go do this makeup. I said, "What? What do we? What? What do you want me to do?" He said, "Well, you know, just just give him a scar or something." So I did. <laughs> when, uh, when, just in case folks at home don't know, but out of the kit makeup basically means there's no prosthetics, there's no preparation. You just go in with a, a box of makeup and your wits, and do the best you can in as short a time frame as possible. I would assume. 
Uh, yeah, well, you've, how, you're on the lab a lot of time. I mean, if, 40 minutes would be a long, long time on something like that. Average makeup on an actor is 15 to 20 minutes, unless you're Robert Redford, and then it's 40. <laughs> Have you ever gotten to do Redford's makeup? <laughs> no, I, I didn't, but I worked with him on uh, A Bridge Too Far. So I know exactly how long his makeup took. I see. I'm just like, because I mean, you know, he's no Dengar, but that would have been a nice one too, you know? Yeah. Robert Redford would have made a great Dengar, though. Uh, that would, that would... He would have been a very different Dengar, I That's think. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He probably he would have prob- taken less time. And- he he probably, probably wouldn't have wanted the bandages around his head because it would have messed with his hair. But when, when you're putting something like that together and it literally is just, ah, go do, you know, go give him a scar or something. Is that freeing? Like, is there, because usually things come in pretty stiff and you've got to stick to a look or maybe there's, Concept well, art. actually, now in the back in the day, it, it really wasn't the way that it is now. People tend to be much more pre-designed uh, today. I think, especially on big movies like Marvel movies, where you're you're really copying stuff that's already been locked down in in comic books and and various other formats. Um, But, you know, back then, most of the time, it was seat of the pants. I mean, uh, all the creatures that we made for Moss Eisley Cantina were all seat of the pants, really, in in true form. I mean, there were all Mm. sorts of drawings that came up that I didn't ever even see until afterwards that were for defining the costume, et cetera. But, you know, the makeups themselves, you know, the the, the heads and things were often things that uh, Graham, who was the main sculptor in our group, um, would knock up in a day and a half. And, and so it, it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't a big planned uh, thing even when we were talking about doing Yoda where they had done a lot of drawings before they ever got to us we then sat down and re-sculpted it and it didn't come out anything like the drawing right <laughs> uh, yeah it's funny too I remember going through some of John Mallow's notes and there I remember there being a page where he had obviously visited the workshop the, I yeah. think that you guys were in and sketched what he saw of each cantina alien in this very, that very t- typical style of his, that sort of line, you know, one line kind of drawing look of it. And, you know, he had had a snaggle tooth and the plutonian and the various things, but exactly. it's, it wasn't, you know, everybody looks at that costume sketch where they've got all the aliens and thought, Oh, that's where they designed it. Like, no, he was designing costumes and just sticking the sketched heads that he had drawn from you guys on. They were Um, identifying what costumes would go with what heads. Yeah. Speaking of costumes, I was just, of course I've got a a big picture of Dengar on my computer here, trying to look and see what's interesting about him. Looking at his uh, legs, the first thing that jumps out. So his costume is a combination of stormtrooper and uh, snowtrooper parts, and in particular, uh, it looks like sand trooper parts because his uh, both of his knees have the diamond knee plate that only the sand troopers had. Most of the sand troopers they would have that just on the one leg. He's got it on both legs, so he's 
he's got two left feet, I guess. Um, <laughs> and when he turns around, actually, those calves couldn't close on him, those calf armor, and they put straps around it to hold everything in place, I guess. So well, he's got yeah. stormtrooper on the day on the day, whatever the drawing said, you know, you just uh, stuck stuff together whatever way you could and hopefully dressed right. it so that people didn't notice the difference. Yeah. Well, and he's obviously a much stockier guy than the really thin guys that were the sand troopers and the stormtroopers yeah. of the first movie. Absolutely. So, you know, they go to put those tiny leg pieces on him and it's just like, uh, let's just put some gaffer tape around this. That'll work. He looks like he's got the same little side pouches or similar to the ones Boba Fett wears. Uh, he's got a sand trooper belly plate. He's got a snow trooper chest plate, uh, sand trooper armor, uh, shoulder armor or storm trooper, and then cut down storm trooper or sand trooper forearms. Uh, and it's all painted a really cool, like rusty metal look. That's kind of neat. His blaster on the hip looks like the Hoth pistols which is the same blaster or very similar. It's a resin casting of the same type of gun that Walrus Man carried, but with a different uh, scope on it. And looking at the big gun, so I noticed something interesting about that big gun today, actually, because uh, the, the guys from parts of Star Wars, if anybody uh, wants to follow them, go uh, look up the, the parts of Star Wars on Facebook. They have a great Facebook page where they find all the little real world things that were used in star Wars. And it will, uh, I suspect if you follow this show, you will love to follow their, their site. But, uh, my two good friends, Chris Trevis and Chris Reif, uh, uh, founded that 20 years ago. They had long since discovered that his, uh, his blaster is, uh, an MG 42, I believe, uh, which is an actual big machine gun. Um, and in the behind the scenes pictures, he's just carrying a fully stock, you know, MG 42. And I always thought that's the way it was in the movie. But looking at the pictures from the movie, they stripped away some of the real world stuff. So it doesn't have like the bipod uh, on it. It doesn't have the back stock. And I think all of the f action figures uh, that I can remember anyway, have it with the stock and the bipod because they probably had better pictures of him from the behind the scenes photos than the movie. I don't know what his backpack is clearly, you know, a bunch of found items. Unfortunately, I don't know what they are, but one neat thing is he does show up again in return of the Jedi, but you only barely see him. And it's not the same actor for sure. He doesn't have the backpack at all. And he's carrying a totally different gun. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody knows much about Dengar being in, in Jabba's palace. Yeah, Nick, that wasn't also, you no, on I that, right? Also, they didn't. Uh, you didn't see his face uh, properly yeah. in Return of the Jedi um, because he didn't have the same scar. Because I was already working on another movie, so they didn't have me there to do it again. So, and that's about all the Dengar facts I've got. <laughs> Yeah, well, you've got a lot more than I have. I mean, I, I could just tell you how it came about, how, um, you know, Stuart gave me the job. Presumably, you know, he didn't feel it was that uh, critical. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying. I, I know I did it more than one day, uh, which is always a bit of a challenge when you're doing, when, you know, when you're doing a, a out of the kit, makeup and then the next day you're expected to do exactly the same thing um i got feeling i might 
have in some falling apart album, I might have a Polaroid for reference for that. Oh, wow. I, I, but, but that could be something that I remember that I don't have anymore. I mean, I'm not sure whether it's <laughs> there. I haven't looked it out for a long time. But yeah, so that was basically a, a, a collodion scar and some coloring. He had a very characterful face. I mean, he'd been a boxer, so um, mm. his face was pretty well mashed up in the first place. Um, <laughs> and he had, you know, a good amount of loose flesh, you know, around his face. He was old enough, you know, for the, the, the texture of his cheeks to be rather... You know, rubbery, and so you know, it wasn't that hard to kind of take his skin and and kind of squeeze it and and glue bits together. But you did have to look after it through the day because collect uh, collodion by its very nature would sort of it would be good for a while, and then it would sort of let go, and you had to rush up and and try and um, do it again if you if they let you in to do it. You know, at the right. time. They were almost considered background characters. They were just standing there. And so they didn't want to spend a lot of time maintaining them. You know, you, you're, you're there on the set. You're supposed not to get in their way. And, and then they'll give you like 15 seconds before the camera turns over to go in and do your final checks. Um, which isn't really long enough if the flexible collodion's trying to give up. Right. I, you know, I, I, it was it was what it was. I I'm not sure that um, I I think I've seen a few photos where I think his scar might have uh, have might have just kind of merged and transformed slightly. You know, from shot to shot. I wish there were more photos of them. The, you know, the, when you get these background characters, you're lucky sometimes if you get one or two pictures of them. Um, yes, and then exactly. you get others where there's a hundred pictures of some random thing that barely was. It, it always seems the one that you're trying to research is the one they don't have photos of. Well, I think partly, partly it was that the way these photographs were largely taken was while they were filming one thing, the stills photographer would be taking, or rather, while they were setting it up the stills photographer would be taking photographs of the people who weren't working. So if that character was not in a lot of the action, well, there was more time to take photographs of him. <laughs> and, and if he was really busy, well, uh, well, we'll try and snap a few, but, you know, bring him back over here because we need him to get the shot. So, you know, I, I think sometimes you've got a lot of photographs of the least important characters. Always. Well, and yeah, they're, they're calling. They're like, hey, get him over here. Nick has 15 seconds to get this guy ready for the shot. Yeah, Exactly. I'm curious when when you were putting the makeup on on Morris Bush, the the wonderful Dengar actor, was he in costume already, or was it before he went out on stage and got the whole costume? Usually, they're they're pretty much in costume first. It it, it can vary with some main actors, um, depending again on what you're doing. When I was doing Anthony Hopkins as a Hunchback of Notre Dame, you know, it, that was a three and a half hour makeup. And he wasn't going to be sitting around in costume, you know, for that period of time. So he would do, you'd do the makeup, he'd go to hair, they'd, they'd do the wig, and then he'd go down, put the costume on. There you go, he's on set. 
But often when you're dealing with lesser um, characters, then what they would do is they would literally, they'd go, they'd get their wardrobe, they'd come wandering through and and you did the makeup and then they were gone and then chop, chop, let's see them on set. I, obviously the the head wasn't, the, the, the head bandage wasn't wrapped around. But, I, you know, it's a long time ago and I think I'm making some assumptions there as to what was normal rather than necessarily um, being able to say, I absolutely guarantee that he was, you know, that he was in costume or he wasn't. But I, sure. it, it would be, it would be, un, it would be unusual. So, you know, you were saying you can't guarantee something. I think there's one thing that we can actually guarantee. So you guys are doing seven days of Dengar, correct? That is correct, Tom. That is correct. That is seven shows. Do all the shows have two guests like tonight? Are there? There, 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 there will be other special guests for, for various days of Dengar. Yes. Because I'm, I'm just thinking with all the days and all the people, is this the only show where you have someone who actually touched Dengar? Yes. And that is, that is why this is day two. I <laughs> oh, see. Would have been too much for day one. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah, enough for yeah. day seven. Day one, we just had to ease people into seven days of Dengar. We had to get people ready. Now, now the foot's on the gas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is it well, going to get? Is it going to get better as we get towards day seven? I for the audience to discover. It's going to be the highlight of the week. You know. <laughs> I don't know, Nick. I, I'm. I think. Uh, I think your stories, and I think just your direct connection to that character is going to be tough. A very tough act to follow. <laughs> I, yeah. We've all kind of been touched by Dengar, but he's the only one who's really touched Dengar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! It's, it's almost leads you to the uh, to 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 the possibility of like you know twelve days of Christmas where you know you could <laughs> for a season you know you could have like seven days of Dengar and six days of Minox and you know five <laughs> days of Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Well, well, what are you what are you doing for the next four or five months then, Nick? Well, we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Five golden droids. You know, yeah, you just write down the line. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Good game. You just give us a call when you got to do it. <laughs> Let's go one by one here. Tom, Dengar. What's the first word that comes to your mind when you think Dengar? Uh, sand trooper belly plate. Nick, first first words come to your mind when you think Dengar? It was a long time ago. <laughs> 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 Sorry, you were talking about how, you know, his costume was made from a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a plate yeah. from something else. You know, I, I I am sure that no one sat down and said, let's make this background character that we haven't got a name for. Uh, let's work out his costume. And wouldn't it be good if we used something from a sandstorm? Oh, yeah. And troop and whatever. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, just someone in the wardrobe department picked up whatever hadn't been used uh, yep. for something else and just said, oh, we've got two of these and one of those. And, and this should be, if we turn this upside down, it will look different anyway, you know? Yep. And a little different paint. No, and that's what I love about it because it's not thought out. You know, this wasn't from a sketch. This was much like the makeup. That's almost it's the, the costume equivalent of out of the kit. You know, it's like just throw a generic uh, jumpsuit on him, 
uh, take these armor parts and spray paint them brown and gray and rusty and uh, throw it on them and see what happens. And, and so IG-88. The legs don't I, fit. <laughs> IG-88, but all his, um, you know, recent stardom in uh, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian um, was, I'm sure, Bill will tell you, put it together from odd bits of scrap that were lying around and, you know, uh, parts from a Rolls-Royce jet engine. So it's, um, you know, I, I think that was one of the things that was kind of special about those movies was that they they were largely from the crew's imagination, things that were put together from junk and from scrap and they said, oh, that looks good. Okay, yeah, all right, we'll go with that. Uh, because, you know, George didn't really give us a lot of direction. Certainly on the first one, didn't give us much in the way of direction. On the second one, gave us direction for for Yoda and the Wampa and the Tonton. The Wampa didn't come out quite the way that he, he uh, the drawings were, but uh, the Tonton did. Um, but, you know, there wasn't really much in the way of direction for anything else. And that's, you know, that leaves you to, to fill in the, the, the gaps, costumes kludged together out of parts, faces with yeah. stars on them. And yeah. uh, <laughs> because you touched Dengar, Dengar has now touched all of us. <laughs> I, always, well, I always remember, I Nick, <laughs> you had said to us, I think it was one of the first cantina panels, and, you, you know, you were up on stage with us, and you said... You know, we did this so quickly that we thought if anybody really looks at this, we're in trouble. And, you know, you guys are our worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That, that, that really is true. You know, when um, when we were filming a, a, a lot of the stuff, you got, you know, you got a first assistant whose job is really to arrange everything for the director and make sure that everything's on the set. And then once it's on the set, He's like the ramrod. It's his job to to move things along at a pace. And so, you know, we're all we're, you know we're all trying to do the best job that we possibly can as freelance people to uh, so that we get the next job. And so we go in, and the guy who's the set dresser, he's worrying about the set. And the guy who's the wardrobe is worrying about the wardrobe. And I'm the maker. I'm worried about the scar. And something else is going on. And the first assistant is just saying, "Look, if anyone's seeing that, then we're all in trouble." You know, this is you know, no one, no one cares about that, right? And and the same with shots where stormtroopers bang their heads on the door and they keep it in. That's just like. Oh, no one will notice. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just a movie, and it'll be gone in a flash, right? They're saying, right. "Did he bang his head on the door?" Well, I don't know, but you can't go back and find out because no one even imagined a VHS recorder, let alone mm. you know DVDs and the internet and all that other stuff. Yeah, it was a much much easier time to be a maker. <laughs> I want to know something. I want to know. If we're running out of things to say right now, what the hell are you going to do for another six days? (laughs) (laughs) We've got a whole plan. We've got a whole plan. Goodness. And and each day of Dengar is a shorter day. So (laughs) it's bite-sized chunks of Dengar. Okay. So the last day is like, Last day is like five minutes. I got it. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I think they uh, I, I think what they did was they spent all their energy on the first day and they thought, well, if we get Tom and if we get Nick, we just have to give him a topic and then we can relax for 20 minutes yeah, <laughs> and then we'll have be, a show, yeah. you know. Yeah, because I, they'll just ramble on and on and on yeah. about, you they? know, yeah. all kinds of other stuff and, right. and it, yeah. Different bits of costume that was found lying around for something else, and 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 Nick will talk about Anthony Hopkins, and and it, and, right. then, and then and then and then it'll be over, right? Okay. Wait a minute. Do you think people at home are playing like you know Maley Spina Bingo, and like, oh, they mentioned the Cantina, all right, you know, yeah. so, oh, right. Anthony Hopkins, that's B eleven. There we are. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We're not getting paid enough for this, Nick. No, we probably aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, guys, let's let let all the listeners know. Tom, what have you got going on? Where can people go? Find out more stuff if they've been living under a rock and don't know what's going on. They can, uh, for me, they can go to TomSpinaDesigns.com or they can go to RegalRobot.com and they can look up at Regal Robot or at Tom Spina Designs to see all the cool stuff we make at both businesses. Nick, tell the people about all the fun stuff you've got. Uh, yeah, well, um, it could be quite a long list, really. You know, I've got a uh, museum in the Caribbean, so anybody who's planning a Caribbean vacation needs to make a pilgrimage to St. Martin to uh, come and see our little movie museum and the uh, animatronic Yoda that I've been, uh, that I've been building. Um, along with Darth Vader and Han Solo and Carbonite and a bunch of other things. Um, but uh, online, uh, yeah, there's nickmailey.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. I think we're on just about all the social media now. Um, we've got a um, YouTube channel, which is uh, that Yoda guy, Nick Mailey. And we're, we're planning in the next month to really start to hammer quite a lot of stuff out there. We can completely revamp that. At the moment, it's really disorganized. It just was like a dumping ground for anything that I happened to have that was a video. But we're going to start taking it very seriously soon and firing out a lot of stuff about a lot of different movies little quips and little stories not just from me but from other people that i talk to on um on the sunday broadcast so that is definitely going to be a place to watch very cool that sounds awesome mm-hmm. i know we, we can't thank you both enough for this uh joining us for day two of the the podcast event of the year seven days of dengar I've got I've got a really good idea for the seventh day, you know. Oh yeah. If you, let's, let's, if let's you could if you could dig Morris up, then <laughs> maybe um maybe I could do the makeup again, you know? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I I hear his face has a lot of character now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Too soon? Too soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Guys. Well, thanks. Thanks for asking me. And um, I'm sure you probably won't ask me again. But, you know, it was nice while it lasted. 
<laughs> no, we, we, we love, we always love talking to you, Nick. And thank you, Tom. Thank you, Nick, so much. Absolutely. Okay. Great to be here, guys. Have a great night. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. May the force be with us. Yeah, best of luck with the other days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we, we need all the luck you can give us, so thank you. <laughs> Stay tuned for uh, day three coming tomorrow, everyone. I should have said if anyone wants to contact me on Facebook and get uh, uh, autographed copies of photographs of Dengar, I could probably organize that. Excellent. Hey, great idea. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Day Joel three maybe emotions. should be day three should maybe be asking people if they've ever read any of the books and whether they've come on for day four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.